Before we hop into the episode, I'm going to ask you for one favor. If you listen to Founders Journal on Apple Podcasts, smash the follow button. And if you listen to it on Spotify, smash the follow button too. And finally, if you love this show, please tell a friend to check it out wherever they listen to podcasts. Now, onto the show. What's up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founders Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. We have a very special episode for you today. This is the inaugural Founders Journal Live, where the recording for this episode is happening in front of a live audience of Morning Brew readers and Founders Journal listeners. And I am so excited to welcome an amazing guest, journaler, for this live recording. Austin Reef is my co-founder of Morning Brew and CEO of the company. Today, I'm going to ask Austin three very simple questions that I believe will leave you with three very profound answers. Austin, you ready to do this? Do you want the easy, the harder, the harder question first? Uh, let's start with the easy. Give me the layup. Okay. What is the f- number one time that you felt the greatest joy in what we were building with Morning Brew? Yeah, that, that is definitely a, an easier one than the other two. <laughs> I, I think for, for me, the, the time that stands out the most was 2018 when we were on that path from 100,000 subscribers to 800,000. Uh, you know, that entire year was a pretty crazy year where we went for, uh, from something that, you know, we thought had value, but I don't think, you know, our family or our friends really understood what we were doing. And we just had a few employees to, you know, I, I think it was really end of summer 2018, which is when we really started to hit our groove and, you know, we were racking up the hundreds of thousands of subscribers. We found a couple hacks, whether it was the Instagram, you know, uh, advertising on Instagram stories or whether it was advertising on other newsletters. And it was every month, 400,000, 500,000, 600,000. And it's when we knew we had something. We didn't know what. We weren't sure what it was going to turn into, but we knew we had, it kind of validated what we had done, which was spend a lot of time in college and quit our jobs to, to work on Morning Brew. And that was just a crazy time, a bunch of very young people who were building something very cool. Wasn't sure what it was, but we started to really feel like we had something of true value. So it was the first time you really felt like things in in real life felt like they were an actual like business that had value and not just like this fun thing that had people reading it. Yeah, it was that that transition we made from side project to something of value. And just on this topic for one more second, like what do you think is the number one thing you attribute to us being able to grow so fast? I think it just comes down to focus. I mean, there were a lot of things we did well, but we were very, very focused on a single newsletter. And so we only had, it was probably what, six or seven of us, maybe at the time. I'd only been five uh, then, maybe six or seven, but it, we were all focused on one thing. We woke up every single day and we wrote, grew, and sold a single newsletter. And so much so that I think back to the great wall of opens. We're in the office. We had a wall every day at 11 o'clock. We'd stop what we were doing and we'd write the open rate every single day. And then we'd back into what do we think the total opens are going to be and uh, you know for, for that day and how are we growing. And from there, 
that really set the foundation in the early days. I, we just started doing that as a fun thing or a funny thing, but it really did focus us. Every, you know, five days a week, we thought about how many daily opens are we going to have, and everyone knew whether you were a writer, selling, growing the newsletter, our core goal was to get more eyeballs on that newsletter every single day. Yeah, it's so interesting because I haven't thought honestly about the Great Wall of Opens for probably a, a, a few years at this point. But it, it really is true that you know there were definitely things that grew us quickly, like the referral program or paid acquisition on Instagram. But it was really like the focus of only really giving a shit about growing the newsletter that put us in the headspace to think of these strategies to be able to deploy that would grow us. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, that was the layup. Now we're moving on to something a little bit harder. What is the one time that you were really worried about the state of Morning Brew as a business? Yeah, this, this is the layup answer, but March 2020 during COVID, you know, whether it was the 15th, 16th, the, the week the NBA shut down, the week I think it was Tom Hanks said COVID or, or whatever, advertisers were pulling out left and right. We had no idea what was going to happen. We had to just have all these meetings about contingency plans. And I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty in the world, but as a company who, had, who hadn't raised venture capital, we were in both a good and bad spot. The, the bad was we hadn't raised any capital, so we didn't have very much money. The good is that we ran the business profitably, so we had margin there to play around with, and things did come back pretty quickly, and the sales team did an incredible job. But March 2020, it was probably March until probably May is when we started to feel a little better. So it was, it was not one day, it was a month and a half, unfortunately, of a lot of yeah. uncertainty. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a humbling experience. I just remember a few weeks of literally being like, if we assume that our advertising revenue is going to get it cut in half or by more, what are all the possible things we could do to keep the business running so we don't have to let people go? And I remember one of the things we talked about being like some sort of patronage. And it just brought me back to like when we were first starting the business, we had, I don't know if you remember, like we created a Patreon page and it was like a wild thing to think like four years later, what has it come to that we're thinking about creating a Patreon page again to fund the business? Yeah, I was pretty terrified. Um, okay. So last question for you, probably, I don't know, maybe the hardest, last one was kind of hard, but uh, I would say the one that takes uh, the most self-awareness is what is the one time in the course of the business that you fucked up and you wish you could have taken it back or done something differently? Yeah, so I will give you a running trend of screw-ups for the first three years or so, and then I'll give you the specific example. I think one thing we did, once we got out of that mentality of doing one thing and doing it very well, we did not, we were not nearly proactive enough in when we would test something we had no end date for the test. So we'd test something like Emerging Tech Brew. It would go well, but then we didn't have the infrastructure or the plan in case that went well to figure out what we were doing. And we made that mistake over and over again where we didn't have the senior people on the team. And so, you know, we tested going six days a week with the newsletter. And that was the first thing we did. And it was great, but we didn't, we didn't have a plan to hire more people. Then we test Emerging Tech Brew. It was great, but we had no plan. It was just Ryan Duffy, the emerging tech writer. We had no editor plan. We should have a plan to staff up that team. And I think the, the biggest screw up on my part was then seeing that and replicating it again for Retail Brew. And so launching Retail, knowing that emerging tech was not underwater, but we, we had one person doing it. And so launching Retail, knowing that, 
and just not thinking proactively enough about the team we would actually need and the size of team we need. I mean, it's, you know, it's a definition of insanity. We kept doing the same thing over and over again and expecting that, oh, this launch would go better. And it wasn't that we were ineffective at launching things. It's that we didn't have the right people or the right team, the infrastructure to actually do it. So that, that was, I think, the biggest mistake is just really, you know, that, that caused a lot of stress. And we blamed it on a lot of different things, lack of communication, lack of this. But really, it was we didn't have the right people. We just didn't have the right people in the room. And so that was the biggest mistake. And I think we've done a good job as a company of correcting and starting to plan further ahead. You can always plan further ahead, but I think we now think about second and third order effects of doing something beyond just the person actually working on it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, that's something that you've been able to do really effectively as the business has matured is, you know, when we were originally building the company, it was very much like do interesting, good work today and just expect that doing that every day will lead to a great outcome. But at some point you realize you need to look weeks, months, quarters ahead to hire the right people so that you're not drowning in water and the one writer you have can't take a vacation for two and a half years. So I think that makes a ton of sense. One last question for you before we we uh, finished this guest journal that I, I did not put in front of you, but I think you'll be able to answer well is Founders Journal listeners are, I would say, a mix of either growth-minded employees or entrepreneurs themselves. Either way, I think the answer to this question uh, can be valuable for them. When you look for great employees, what do you look for? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. It's something I think about a lot. And I think the answer is there are some things that are uniform across everyone. And there's some things that are fit for the certain role. Um, so the things that I think are uniform across everyone, no matter what role it is, is, is some of the things we talk about morning brew all the time. So curiosity, you're not going to know everything. And even if you do know everything about your job function, it's not going to hundred percent apply to the new company you work at. So if you're an accountant, sure, you may know accounting from the last two companies you worked at, but even so it's kind of turnkey, but it's going to be different for morning brew. And so having that deep, deep curiosity, wanting to learn, wanting to, to really understand what makes that company different is the first thing. I think the second thing is being open-minded and understanding that things may not be the way you think they are. And so be very open-minded and really try to learn from the people who have been at the company and then have the confidence to make the value judgment of, no, no, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to tell you what I know based on my past experience or have the humility to say, I did it this way in the past, but your way is right for either morning brew or your way is right for, you know, just, just in general, I've been wrong. And so I think those are two of the big things. And then there are some more specific things, depending on if you're an early employee, you have to just be willing to do anything and everything and understand what comes with that. Understand the uncertainty. If you're a later employee, be a specialist. So there are more specific things, but the two things I said before are the are, is what I think is most important across the board. Totally. Like it sounds like there's obviously going to be specific stuff. You're if you're hiring a senior person or a manager, their ability to like plan, hire, coach, etc. Junior employees, it's different. But table stakes for everyone is kind of this combination of curiosity and open-mindedness to acquire knowledge and understand people's perspective. And then once you've done that, have the ability to form conviction based on the information that's been put in front of you. Yeah. And then one more thing is default to action. You have to default to, especially to startup, to doing things. You have to test, you have to learn. You, 
Yes, planning is important. Yes, you know, being thoughtful. But if your default is not do something, your default is sit in a room and think, you're not getting anything done in a startup. The pace is just too fast. You shouldn't be working in a startup. So if you want to work in a startup or a fast-growing company, you have to default to action. I love that. Well, Austin, thank you so much for sharing your greatest joy, your greatest fuck up, your greatest concern about the business and your greatest advice for being a good employee within a company. Really appreciate your time. For sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Founders Journal. And if you enjoyed, please let others know who you think would enjoy the show as well. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.